welcome to MiceCast with your hosts Greg, Mike, and Shaft, who finally decided to show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Nice of you to stop in. I know it is. <laughs> Grace us with your presence. Yeah. Anytime. My pleasure. <laughs> and yours, too. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Nice to uh, know. Thanks. Do you guys do you guys need to take this off to the side while I continue with the show? No. Go. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, All right. Looking at uh, one of the subject materials here. All right. Let's not waste time. We're going to read an email from uh, Dave in Michigan. Hey, MiceCast guys. Mike, Greg. Oh, I'm sorry. Mike Shaft and Greg, aka Cricket Boy. Just kidding. <laughs> and you notice right now it's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. We'll see if it, it holds on. I got we had a you know we had a video chat on Saturday, several DPNers. We got up to like twenty five before he killed Talkbox, but oh really? That would have been nice to know, I guess. If you had signed into the DPN website, you would know about it because it's on the calendar. Oh, that's nice. I guess, I guess so, something does happen over there now. And we, then, huh? we got uh, you know, lots of people are complaining about the cricket. Oh, go. You know. That's it. I. <laughs> Go blow themselves. <laughs> all right, okay. back to the email. Uh, I can't help it. You know, it's nature. I hope you're all getting rid of those damn things. My ears were ringing after nearly two hours. You know, I've tried to do it, but there's certain pesticides I just can't lay around with other animals. All right, first of all, you guys have a great show. I'm a longtime listener. This is my first time writing in. Yeah, I know what took me so long. Anyways, Greg, I had the pleasure of meeting you guys last year's at last year's Mouse Fest and West Fest and hope to make it out to West Fest next year. On the last show, you all commented about rude guests in the park. I couldn't agree with you more. When I visited Disneyland in September of 2000, I went on the Roger Rabbit cartoon spin. I believe one of your favorites, Greg. Yes, it is. This was my first time on the attraction. It seemed to have a very interesting cube with lots of detail. Unfortunately, I could not enjoy it because of the crazy family I was standing in line with. Uh, There was a husband and wife with their six kids who looked of Hispanic six. descent. Nice. Are you sure we didn't read this last time? I think... I... <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll keep going. You weren't here, Richard. So how uh, we didn't read uh, it last... I don't... No, we just okay. did voicemails last week. This came in... Okay, maybe right. I just read it and I was thinking of the same thing. We, okay. uh, like you guys, I try not to stereotype people. I was standing in line. The husband and wife just stood there and quietly did... Nada, nothing. While the six kids ran wild. My God. These kids were crazy, running around, climbing on the walls of the queue like it was a jungle gym and bumping into people. A couple of the kids bumped into me several times. I told the kids to watch it. Man, after my own heart. Usually the parents would say something at this point. I'm sure they heard me tell their kids to watch it. I was pissed. I thought about saying something to one of the cast members, but decided not to. Well, there's there's where we might differ. Anyways, keep up with the great work. Enjoy listening every week, and I'll try to write in more often. Sincerely, Dave in Michigan. Thanks, Dave. And I'm going to move that to red mail because I'd hate this for us to read that one again. <laughs> uh, it does sound from maybe we just read it last week to decide whether or not we're going to use it on the show, and we we did not. But um, there was a fami- familiarity to it. it. It sounds like one we read a couple weeks ago, but then again, uh, also I was. Don't think so. I, I, I know we talked watching, about it. Yeah, I was also watching uh, Kathy Griffin, who was talking 
talking about the same exact thing about parents that just let their kids do anything and everything. And you just, That's okay. I guess you have you time to watch it. All right. Next one is from Michael. Will someone please inform Pullman Shaft that there's no attraction by the name of Soaring? It's Soren, no G at the end. It's like nails on a chalkboard every time Pullman says Soaring. Seriously, guys, I love the show. I've been listening for a couple of years. I stumbled upon the Meandering Mouse while searching iTunes for music from the parks and soon after found your show as well. My wife and I are both in our late 20s living in Washington State and head to Disney parks as often as our budget allows, usually DLL, DLR twice a year and WDW one to two times a year. My wife and I both love the park but can't stand DFs. Really? Soren Soreen. Hmm. Keep I, up I, the I great know, work, Michael. You know, Richard, I'm going to defend you on this one because when that attraction first came out, I found myself saying soaring a lot. In fact, I think Jeff from the Meandering Mouse corrected me once off the air or in an email. Um, it was know, just I'm, natural to say soaring. Like some people call it screaming over Cal, you know, versus screaming. California screaming. screaming. Yeah, yeah, same, same thing. California screaming with the apostrophe. I, I've just been one that's never really. You know, I've kind of tried to avoid the slurs of words and putting apostrophes in there. So, yeah, uh, your, your diction is so good. But you know, here's right. the here's but the difference. Because I'm, I'm sorry that I, I'm sorry that my phrase "soaring" sounds like nails on the chalkboard. I'll just have to continue using "soaring" as often as possible well, to you, well, you talk know, about yeah. the soaring attraction. Okay, so there's there's where my defending ends because here's <laughs> I, I actually emailed the guy back and I said, yeah, I. I understand, been there, done that. But to be honest, I don't work there anymore and never worked there when that attraction was in. But you would think a cast member could get it right. No, it's the same. It's it's the thing. Like like you said, you just have certain habits that I just don't say Soren that often. I I know it's Soren. I know it's California screaming, but uh, I end up. So you just said said screaming. But I just end up adding the G into it anyway, so it's it's just a habit of mine. So what can I say? I wonder what part of uh, I I know folks up in uh, in uh, Washington State, Vancouver, to be precise. So I'm just kind of curious where those folks are from. So high up to Washington. Where did you say Vancouver? Vancouver, yes. Okay. <laughs> Vancouver, Washington. I bet you don't even know where that is. Yeah, just across, uh, just across the river. I want to say is there a river that separates Vancouver from uh, from BC? No, it's the other side. There's a big river that separates it from Oregon, called the Columbia River. Yeah. Uh, so Vancouver's, Vancouver's in the south. You see, Vancouver's in the south. It's just across the Columbia River right, from so I, uh, Portland. I had the geography right, just the wrong border. Okay. all right moving on uh gentlemen i have a show subject for you to discuss and we've already discussed it somewhat we think it will be short but who knows yeah everyone knows that mickey mouse is the company icon of the disney company he is a great character always on the good side and everyone loves him i wouldn't say everyone i think that uh, pete has had issues with him but uh, now all of that is changing with Nintendo Wii game release of Epic Mickey. This is a huge change for a character that is warm and cuddly to everyone except for Pete. From <laughs> age 1 to 99. 
that's my commentary added in there. <laughs> How do you think this will change Mickey's image? Is it a good thing? Is a Disney company playing with fire with Mickey's image? I have mixed feelings about this and would love to hear your thoughts on the subjects. Thanks, Richo. Twitter, WWE, or WDW owner on Twitter. <sighs> playing with fire. I think so. I mean, it's their corporate friggin' logo for crying out loud, right? Well, yeah, which may not be forever. You know, we've had that discussion about copyrights and whether or not they'll get to be able to retain it and blah 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 blah. But I don't know. Well, I don't okay, now see, now that that, that brings up an interesting thing. If they if they change if they change Mickey's look, does that extend their ability to copyright him? And keep him out of the public domain? Uh, that would be... You know what? We need to uh, push some of our members and a fellow DPN person who um, has... Copyright law? Well, oh. he has some lawyerly type uh, Training. background. And he might know somebody. or You know, like like Bill Handel gives marginal legal advice. Maybe yeah. the Esquire <laughs> could give us a marginal legal advice. It's funny to hear him dispenses marginal legal advice too. Yeah. He <laughs> can't, he he can't qual he can't qualify it enough when he ends it up. Oh, I know. That's very funny. Uh, yeah, maybe the Esquire could give us marginal legal advice on this. I, I I don't know. I think the images from Epic Mickey are nothing short of outstanding. I mean, they're they're epic. They really are. They really the three D. Yeah, nice. They, they do look. Oh, they, there's one where um, uh, it's like a. I don't know, I guess you could call it like the Steamboat Willie, and it's got the um, uh, the Earful Tower on the front. Yeah, I saw that. The artwork's it's, it's bitching. Well, there's lots I, of steampunk, too, isn't there? Isn't there steam... Uh, uh, yeah, I think you could probably consider... I'm not... I can't say that I'm an expert on what steampunk is. I mean, I, I generally know what it is, but if something fell kind of on the border, I would probably go, yeah, that's steampunk, and it might not be. Uh, I I don't know. I think this is um, this is just another role that Mickey's playing. Wow. Well, yeah. Okay. That's right. I mean, because they um, you well, know, they explained it as being an alternate reality, Mickey. So well. Oh, okay. Now they're now they're taking after Star Trek. Re you know restarting themselves. I mean, they've right. even got Spaceship Earth crumbling here, and is that Tower of Terror also on the? I, I know. There's a picture here of, of it looks like. Uh, some sort of vehicle made from Spaceship Earth, the Earful Tower, some other attractions. I'm, I'm. Uh, yeah, the one, and also looks like maybe like the Tower of Terror in front of Spaceship Earth. Uh, the wheel, I don't know, but yeah, it's. it's Are you there? We call it simply Mickey being cast in the role of another character. Or, I mean, another type genre. I don't know. I don't have that much of a problem with this. Uh, but then again, all I've seen is the artwork. I'd, I'd have to play the game to see if they've gone over the edge. But because uh, there is a picture here of Mickey with, you know, bearing full teeth. Yeah, sharp <laughs> teeth, yeah. Yeah, looks pretty interesting. Uh, but, you know, Mickey, yes, Mickey's a good guy, but um, not everybody likes the good guy. We, to be quite honest, he was being eclipsed by Donald Duck. That's one reason that. You might say he retired early. He was, um, you know, Walt didn't want him to necessarily get eclipsed, if I remember right, uh, by Lose the other. Luster. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Personally, I don't, I don't have a problem with this, but then I haven't played the game. I haven't seen it. 
I do have a Wii, but you know, being gainfully unemployed, I'm not sure I, if the uh, game hasn't been released yet. Uh, well, okay, well, when I'm, it comes out, I don't don't know that I'll be buying it. Unless one of our listeners wants to send it to me so I can evaluate it for them, uh, I can provide that information if you like. Well, nice. You know, I'm, <laughs> well, if somebody sends it to you, you know, let me use it after. Oh, I will. Well, we you know we could we could have a um, we could have a mice cast box opening and live recording playing it. Oh and, yeah. I know. hope it's not like uh, uh, what's his face uh, Al Capone's vaults. <laughs> yes, that, that was that was bad. So I don't Ronald know. I, Rivera. I, yes. What do you? What do you? Also Richard, known I mean, as Jerry Rivers. Whatever. Uh, are you finding any? Um, I'm. You know, I'm sending time with this shaft. I mean, I, I don't. No, I, mean, I, I I agree pretty much with what you say. Is I'm looking at it as okay. This is almost like Mickey playing just another role. In a in a alternate reality universe, I'm looking at this one picture of him with the uh, fiery eyes and the uh, jagged teeth. Looking at that looks familiar to. Didn't he play a part similar to where he was like uh, well, it was like a ghost or werewolf type movie, where he was like a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde type thing? But you know, it, it's. Not to sound not to sound trite or anything. It is just a game, and I don't think it's going to hurt Mickey's image at all. It, it, it's just, like he said; it's just a roll for him, and it gives us something new to be be able to take a look at this uh, well, alternate yeah, universe they're yeah. creating. And it's not just the rat, uh, Goofy. Uh, there's some yeah. drawings of Goofy and um, an elephant, some other characters. So yeah. I, I don't know. Every, yeah. Everything's alter, alternate in the this evil world of. Uh, that he accidentally creates from uh, Yen Sid's potions yeah. there. I'm, I'm going to go out. Yeah, here's what I'm looking at. It's got one of the uh, Bear Country heads on. It's got a Mickey hand, a Bear Country head, an animatronic body, one one pirate foot, one uh, bear foot, uh, not, you know, as a barefoot person, but a foot of a bear. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyways, I, I you know, I'm going to go on a limb here, and it might offend some people, but if this is going to offend your sensibilities to have Mickey role-play like this in a video game, then I think you're wound a little tight. You know, there's there's other artwork that has gotten out. The uh, Have you been classic. clicking any of the links I've been dropping in here? Uh, probably not, because I'm looking at some other garbage, but uh, you know, yeah, there's there's far more offensive stuff with Oh, I've seen, I'm already looking at this stuff. Like, you're not showing me anything. Oh, okay, but I mean, the mail doesn't talk about taking offense. You know, it's it's no, change, no, no. changes image. You know, whether it's a good or a bad idea to monkey with it. He and, might not, but some other people who might be wound a little tighter. You know, he's bringing up an interesting question. There are there could be some that really believe this is sacrilege. Uh, now, what I would find sacrilege, though it's somewhat funny, is when you see the uh, cartoons of, you know, like the uh, the princesses. Let's say getting stooped by. Uh, uh, that's oh, that's from the that's terms. from the realist. I have that. Yeah. I have one of those. Or what was the one? It was the blacklit one. It was in all the uh, the pot houses or the head shops when we were teenagers. <laughs> and it glowed under black light. And then you've got uh, Australia. What a, a beer country or beer uh, company was taking some yeah. heat for oh, Snow White. Oh, White. Oh, White. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I actually I, thought yeah. it was—I thought it was pretty cool. You, you knew they weren't Disney, but it was done in a style 
that was reminiscent of Disney. So it kind of played both ways if you kind of knew what you were looking at. If you were sucked in to think, oh, those are the Disney ones, I guess you really are a moron because, uh, you know, that's why when people get so upset with these kind of things, which are close but not really uh, the thing, it's like, come on, Disney doesn't own Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. They have a license to use their version of it, but they don't own the story. You know, other people. No, but they have, but they have their protected, copyrighted image of Snow White. Sure, but that was similar to her, but it wasn't exactly her. Well, the beer commercial Disney uh, did go after them a little bit that they were too close. They were too close Disney version. Yeah, you know, there's there's that whole fifteen percent type rule where if your logo's fifteen percent different, uh, I don't know. I think it'd be pretty hard to say because. Um, but in this particular case, you have the company. It's you, know, you have the Walt Disney Company actually assisting. In, I mean, between Pixar and uh, Walt Disney Animation, or not uh, animation, but um, oh, the games area of the company are assisting in the production of this. Um, what of Epic? Are you going back this, to Epic Mickey now? Yeah, I'm going back to Epic Mickey. Okay, we were on the beer it, thing, so but now we're back with Epic Mickey. Well, well I course, was on the. I mean, I, I, did, I, did you I think that Dis- did you think Disney just ignored uh, this development while someone independently created this alternate Mickey? No, I mean they're part no, of but it. I, so but I think that's company where driven thing. But I think that's where some of the questions are. Disney, you know, unlike other things where you know we've had the the beer and the the. Uh, <laughs> the amorous posters that have been out with Tinkerbell, among others, um, those weren't necessarily created, released by Disney. This was one that this Wait, you know that's, Epic that's, that's, that's that's a very wrong way of putting it. Not necessarily put out by Disney. They weren't put out by Disney. They weren't. Yeah, put like out absolutely by not. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now th- there might be some insider stuff that they joke around with and make some fun of. I don't know how long you'd last in the company if you know you did too many of those in <laughs> public. But uh, those are definitely not Disney. It, That's correct. You know, words mean things, Rich, and I, and I know I say a lot of stupid fucking things a lot of times, but you, when you say not necessarily, it leaves it open that Disney might be behind the scenes making some of these, uh, you know. That's just Richard's weird. natural qualification of his speech. <laughs> Being uh, as, as uh, ambiguous as possible. Well, you know, because it helps keep them from getting blasted too much. Oh, but uh, we, have, we have another email. Oh, that's in that the big email, I think. Gotcha. But, uh, okay, but but the, yeah. the question coming back to it now, you have Epic Mickey, where it's the company that is promoting this new image. It's not somebody else that's doing it. Do you think it's right or wrong for the company well, to okay. be promoting going in this new direction? Okay, if or it if it makes them it, money, then yes. But remember, this is a video game franchise. I don't think we're going to see Epic Mickey in the parks. We may see a little kiosk or something, maybe some merchandise if it's a hit. But it's not going to be a wide sweeping. Okay, this is now how Mickey Mouse can be portrayed everywhere. Or would you say? Okay, I'm going to throw this one back over, at Greg. Is it a new? Well, I, I walked away from it because no. I had to get an adult beverage because you were is, rehashing something. Is it is is a new direction? I mean, Disney has done other things that people have questioned about before, um, not necessarily with the Fab Five or Mickey or anything else, but when uh, they opened up the uh, Touchstone, we kind of hit that before. When we did Touchstone, we did R-rated movies. People were questioning: Is Disney tarnishing their images with those? 
Was, okay. Is this going to be kind of okay? Well, no one knew Touchstone was Disney right out the gate, right? Yeah, the, the, kind of, average, had a, the average person on the street had, had no no clue. You had to kind of dig a little, you know, scratch at the surface a bit. This is friggin' Mickey Mouse, okay? <laughs> Known worldwide, right? He's been around for eighty years. I mean, come on. You know, he has he has three questions here. How do you think this will change Mickey's image? It will change it. I, I think it's just an. We've already touched on it a bit. It's just an extra facet of how we're used to seeing Mickey Mouse. Here's here's what it'll change. Is it a good thing? Yes, if it makes wait, friggin' wait, wait. money. Let's go, right? let's, yeah, let's go back. Here's what it'll change, in my opinion. It'll open it up to a gaming generation of kids who look at Mickey Mouse as something for two-year-olds. Or old and stayed, and, you know, I don't yeah. understand why Grandma liked him so much, right? Exactly. This This will open him up to a new audience, I think. Yeah, okay. So is it a good thing? Uh, of course, if it affects the bottom line positively for Disney, yes. But then you can look at it. Is it a good thing to mess with the icon? I don't think, again, my opinion goes that he's playing a role here. You're not messing with the icon. Yeah, it's not going to be sweeping change. It's and it's just an no, extra. And, and le- right. Unless Mickey now only lives in this alternate reality, and that's all you ever see of Mickey. If the Mickey floral becomes an evil Mickey. <laughs> With the jagged teeth and the angry eyes. If that's the Mickey walking around on Main Street or in Toontown when you go to go to the meet and greet, then I would say it's negative. There's also a picture here of, of uh, uh, Mickey Mouse. That, you know, He looks like a more heroish, not anti-hero, but more aggressive and has he got some like uh, blue thing with stars on it? And uh... no, it looks like he's actually kind of like uh, dripping. I'll send it to you. All right, sorry. I'm, he's got one here where he's looking um, all serious. He's got like a, a black and white costume of some sort, and he's got this big blue thing with stars. I don't know. It's... Hey, here's the funny thing: is I can't find any. Oh yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, he's. Well, he he looks heroic from the backside. You never know if those snarling teeth are going on the front that's side. That's true. That's true. But he's got a paintbrush in his hand. Yeah. Not, yeah. That's not the most you know, formidable you know, weapon. You know what would really be cool, though, if this turned in to the dark version of Phantasmic when they go into the, you know, if Mickey, instead of being all, <laughs> you know. He he's like, it. screw you guys. Yeah, exactly. Get, get, get the heck out. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Take them on. You know, some... Like they say with terrorism, sometimes you got to get down to their level, right? So Mickey can turn into that snarling, yellow-eyed beast to def- defeat the uh, the dragon. All right, we. What was the third question? Well, it, is Disney Company playing with fire? And and you know, to some degree, they are, right? It's it's their it is their corporate logo, and they are materially changing. He's not going from pie eye to dark eye to you know the, white circle. Right, he's right, right. He is their logo, honest, and, and he is being adjusted. And and any time, any adjustment, if it's perceived wrong, it it can it can be damaging. Sure, but you know, I see a kind of a shift in the logo, the corporate logo. Where yes, Mickey is there, but I see more emphasis on the Walt script and the Walt Disney Company name is almost being the logo. You know, the script and the name. Yeah, the 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 Waltograph font. Yeah, right. I. You know, and this could be, you know, part of what we've talked about before with the potential um, of Mickey going to uh, public domain and all that. But you know, what when P- 
people see the Walt Disney Company today and they see the logo, they don't see Mickey as much anymore as they see the Walt logo, the Walt it, Disney Company. Yeah, but he's always in that. He's in. He's with that. The Walt Disney Company isn't usually there doing his not, spread arm not a, thing. Not 100% of the time. Uh, oh, Richard, this picture you sent, this is from uh, VMK or uh, not VMK. Um, the Kingdom Hearts thing. Yeah. That's not that's, a, that's not epic I, making. Well, well that's that's why I was uh, coming up to. I mean, they've kind of <laughs> yeah, different game, Rich. <laughs> no, 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 no. What I was what I was saying is the question: Is this really actually something new with Epic Mickey? I mean, they've kind of leaned a little bit on making things a little bit different than the you know Mickey Mouse mini type thing. I mean, they've kind of gotten a little bit more raw, a little bit more adult. In some of their fare in recent years, so is it really entirely? Uh, I Kingdom Hearts is not adult. That's not insane. No, uh, and, and and you know, Epic Mickey is not only a redesign of Mickey, but it's it's also a you know the the world they're putting them in is is also you know, intriguing, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think some of that is what people find the imagery they might find more disturbing. Um, than Mickey himself, though the one with the snarling teeth and yellow eyes is, you know, yeah. could be considered somewhat uh, disturbing. Uh, I, you know, I don't know that I would say that. I don't know what the age um, suggestion is for this game. So I don't. I don't know if I'd want to go too much lower than twelve. You know, maybe yeah. I'm over, overly sensitive to young kids, but well, it'll, we don't. We don't have a scene rating yet either, right? No, you're, you are correct. We haven't seen a whole lot other than some of these images. I suspect Anyways. that they'll probably do an E10. I don't know. I don't know if they'll go to the T, T for teen or M for mature. My my suspicion will be no, an, well, e, an E10 no, I game. I don't think anything with the mouse on it. They're going to try to do that. But yeah, you know, they're pushing. I think they're pushing the edge of the envelope here. But uh, I actually am kind of looking forward to the, seeing what it'll yeah, like. Yeah, the concept. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah, it does intrigue me, but I'm more like I said. I'm more intrigued about the the world itself, the the kind of whacked out steampunk, you know, Disney Park stuff. Yeah, I'm 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 intrigued. I am looking forward to seeing how it works out. All right, let's move on to our mail from Darth Vader. This All right, is a In, another intergalactic. Um, let me uh, drag this into here. Red listener mail. Okay, go. All right, well, gentlemen and Greg. Greetings from the desert. <laughs> I like that. That was good. I really like Greg's thought about the proper grooming habits of people in the park, especially the part about people wearing or with tattoos being everywhere in Disneyland over Halloween time. I do agree that there seems to be a lot of people with body art, but as I also have exposed tattoos, I was not too shocked. I have a tattoo going down my left leg. And, you know, it's not, and I will pause here, it's not that I dislike tattoos, it's more the whether it's sleeving and some of that, I think, uh, you know, a tattooing here, there's not that big of a deal, but we've seen the, you know, we're like, um, going back to being Celts, uh, and pics <laughs> where we're, you know, our whole faces, uh, tattooed. tattooed, but you know, whatever. All right. In regards to the park being busy, I was laughing at that statement. I'm a person that would normally only go to Disneyland during the summer or during Christmas. And my view was very slanted to those times of the year. There seems to be a lot of people there, but
but not overly crowded. The Mansion and Indy were the only rides that had any really large lines, and I can only tribute Indy to an idiotic cast member that would not allow the standby line to move um, to move for 20 minutes as the fast pass people trickled up and never even slowed down. I know that people with fast passes get to go to the start of the line, but they should not have to stop at all. But they should not have to stop at all. Okay, the standby line moved when another cast member is working, and then as soon as the swap took place, it slowed to a trickle. It was so bad that she tried to stop me after my wife and kids passed. I barked that I was with them and that she needed to learn to count. <laughs> I also agree that there are people that need to learn that bathing is not a dirty word <laughs> and that deodorant is a good thing for all. I also noticed that there seemed to be more of the plus-size crowds running around the park. I yeah. laughed at one that was honking her horn, start, uh was stating people needed to move out of her way going up a hill. Well, she put such a stress in that poor little motor that it slowed down to a crawl, and all the people started to tell her to move and get out of the way. Yay. <laughs> in regards to the AP, I agree that there should only be three or two passes. A regular, no weekend holidays or peak season, a deluxe, no weekends, and premium. This will raise the price past the people that cannot afford it, as well as the lower the less genetically gifted people in our society. Oh, I'm gosh. <laughs> hey, man after my own heart, man. That's awesome. I am a premium member, <laughs> but not being loco, quote-unquote. And no, I do not classify an adjoining state being a local park. I cannot go as much as Greg, but I get my the value out of my pass with the three to four trips. Discounts on food, merchandise, as well as discount on lodging. Grand California, nice. I bought two packages from AAA, and the difference between the tickets and the AP now stands at $400. But that has been used in discounts in the park already. Mike is totally correct that if Disney will raise the price until people stop paying, but that will not happen anytime soon. You know, interestingly enough, uh, with this whole AP thing, uh, Richard pointed me out a topic discussion that was going on at um, Rat Chat. I saw that. I about, saw. I saw, and uh, I saw you chime in there too, didn't I? Oh, I chimed in a bunch of times. Yeah, um, but I said something about this, this guy got kicked out of the. Well, he didn't get. Sorry, let me back up. Guy showed up in a costume that looked just like the hat box. Uh, great costumes. Yeah, it was <laughs> hundreds of dollars. Well, there's a little rule that Disney puts out there and it's kind of vague so they can interpret you if you wear a mask you have to have basically 100 percent visibility that's not the way they word it but they word it in a way that they can make a, a decision on the fly whether or not you really have visibility well he was given a choice from what i understand to either um take the mask off cut the eyes out so it's uh real visible or leave you know so he ended up choosing or choosing to leave, and he had all kinds of complaints about security and the way things were handled. Blah 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 blah. And uh, he says, "Well, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna cancel my trip to Disneyland, Walt Disney World." I'm like, "What a baby! That's childish. <laughs> Can't believe the drivel that I'm I'm reading here." And um, this guy started to go on. I said, "One less AP walking around. Great for me." And oh, the guy was nice. the guy was starting to go on about, "Well, APs are a definite plus to the park." Uh, you know, the 800000 he came up with some figure, you know, a quarter of a million dollars or whatever that hits the bottom line for Disney. 
And I'm like, well, yeah, but on average, and then he says, plus all the stuff they buy. On average, they don't spend as much per capita as a tourist. At least that's the information I'm getting. That, yeah, that's kind of well documented. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, that's where one did, of the thorns in the side right there. You know, where did he get his figure? I mean, do you take the three passes and take an average and then times that by the 850000 and try to figure out what the bottom line to Disney really is? But, you know, these are like one-time shots. It's like a shot in the arm, and then you don't get it anymore. Yes, people buy passes every few months, and it's not all like everything's in January. I just, you know, there are some people who will defend every annual pass being able to bought be able to be purchased because they think it's a plus to the bottom line that Disney would be crazy to, you know, raise the price or cut people out because, you know, it's that mentality of we own the park and I, I mentioned that a few times in some some of my posts that uh, you know, the reason APs have such a uh, negative feeling with a lot of cast members and other people is this uh, feeling of entitlement. Uh, so, and, and that, that statement kind of made me think that way. Oh, it's a plus of the park. Yeah, well, yes, they do make money because he equated it that if it wasn't for APs, the park would have failed by now. Oh, and no, I, no, no, no. I'm far like, from that. That's what I said. Look, I said, yes, it has added some numbers to the park, but the park was is far from failing and would not fail without it. The the scary thing is it, it's really kind of interesting, and I don't know what the number is today, but I knew when I worked there what the number is, and I I don't recall what the it number of APs. No, no, no. What the number that had to come through the gate any given day? Oh, to make to it pay break even. And it was rare, even during the winter, that we didn't hit that number. It's like ten k. I forgot. It's, I used the note. It's right around ten k. I thought it was less than that because during the winter. You know, you're not operating we, as much. Yeah. Um, during, during, the winter, uh, during the winter months, during the middle of the week, we would rarely get but, near 10K. But, but, ten, uh, but 10K through the gate, you know, for the whole day, that's dead, right? At Disneyland, yeah. that's yeah, dead. Yeah, it's, it's dead. But I remember, I remember it's, it's also been kind of a joke, especially with this last month that I've had with a few other cast members. That uh, you know, gone are the days where the cast members practically outnumbered the guests. Where we, we would actually have days on Wednesdays and Thursdays, we would have days where we have eight, seven thousand people in the park, and that would be it. And that was considered a decent day for that time of the year. Um, if we have less than twenty in the park, it's a slow day. Well, not in the park necessarily, but well, total at, attendance, total yeah, attendance. Total attendance. Day. Yeah, yeah, you know, that, that's good. I, anytime I, in the park is, I I would rather see. Well, if I was a guest, I'd rather see times when I could just go and nobody's there. But for I would say for the park, you're better off averaging it over the year than certain times which are just slammed. But let me let me just throw <laughs> a, a comment at that soon. Okay, Greg, Mike, both of you are annual pass holders. How many times do you guys go into the park? Let me and, and buy souvenirs, buy dinner, buy complete oh, meal. Let's see. We're not just talking about the churro or the popcorn. I, I'll tell you. I'll, meal. I'll tell you. All right. Um, this last year, on every one of my family's birthdays, we went in and bought souvenirs. Because, <laughs> okay. you know, we got free money yeah, for it, right? Given money. Yeah, exactly. That, that, you can't, <laughs> that doesn't count. You okay. can't count that. Um, typically, not a whole lot of souvenirs. Um, shoot. In, in a whole year, maybe once. 
Um, and then for food, when people that we know, other DPNers, other internet folks that we know, podcasting pals, things like that, that come into town and we're there during a meal time, I might buy some food in the park. You might buy some food. I mean, it's not something that generally, once you agree that as annual pass holders, when you come in, you might grab something on the way to the park. Or if it's early in the day, you might grab something on the way home from the park or something like that. It's not like you're particularly spending time. You're coming into the park to enjoy whatever entertainment, enjoy the rides, enjoy whatever company there is, and then you're out of there. It's not like you're coming in there to go, well, like Greg says, have one of those wonderful cheeseburgers over there. You're not <laughs> going in there to go buy your uh, upteenth edition of mouse, you know, of a set of mouse ears at the hat shop. You're pretty much just going in, riding the rides, seeing the entertainment out of the park, correct? Uh, sort of. Now, I go in a lot more for other, you know, reasons. Taking pictures of construction. Well, taking stuff pictures like that. and that type I of might, stuff. I might go in for an hour, be gone. But, um, yeah, no. A, a bunch of Mickey years, no. But we buy, when we have money and when I'm working, a little more expensive things now. And those kind of come and go where they... They've got a new collectible that we might be interested in. I realize annual pass holders do spend a lot of money. And for instance, when the new gallery opened, for the amount of money the cast members told me they were selling in the first few days, I'm going to guess most of those were annual pass holders. But I think that's like a blip and an anomaly because that was a new thing. There was some new artwork available. I think once it starts to average out, unless they can keep bringing out new artwork that you know brings people in, I would guess that you're partially right, Richard. I think they might spend a little more on food than we we give them credit for. But as far as uh, merchandise, yes, I would say that is probably low. But I know sometimes the wife and I will go in to see Elvis, and we'll go and grab a dinner there while we're there. A lot of if we go in the morning where we just go in for a couple hours, we probably don't. You know, eat on the way or go stop at um, uh, her uncle's uh, place in. Uh, Old Town Garden Grove, Dave's Downtown Grill, uh, great food, and the historic uh, area of uh, Garden Grove, just a few minutes I, from I, the park. I got. I got to say, what are, you, are you getting? Are, you, are we getting paid for uh, commercial? Yeah, I was gonna say, did <laughs> someone in Garden Grove slip you some bucks or what? Uh, no, he's a sponsor in my show. So Garden is Grove he is a sponsor of this show. <laughs> hey, he's he's family. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> but it, you know, I'd say. You know, foods and drink, uh, I, I probably a little more than we give them credit for. But I don't think souvenirs are real high on the list. But I do, I do know in my little circle, other than the ones who have to travel in who may have annual passes, like the Canadian and, you know, the guys up in Frisco, things like that. You know, um, people go in for a few hours and leave or maybe half the day. They don't, they don't spend a lot. They're, you know, they've spent enough on their annual passes. Where you know the uh, the plus side is they can come and go and don't have to spend the day there and feel like they need to get you know a full day out of it and eat there, maybe come away with something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. Is I tend to notice a lot of people that now I'm not I'm I'm gonna I'm not I'm gonna agree that well, they probably do buy more than what I tend to look at because when I see people in the restaurants I tend to just look at them as tourists but then they're the 90% annual pass holders that don't cause any problems um, Do you really the, think it's it's, it's high as 10% out of the No, uh, I, I really don't think it's as high as 10% I just go with the 10% I just I go with the 10% theory 
Okay, let's go back to our email because we're getting a little yeah off track. Uh, off so now for questions. Do you see the size of people in the park hurting the capacity numbers more and more? Do you see the time when there is are a weight limit on all rides and not just things like the orange stinger and jumping jellyfish? Well, you know, in a way, you could say there's a weight limit on Space Mountain because if the entire vehicle is overweight, it will be turned off to the left and you will be unloaded. Now, I'm, uh, that you know, is correct. Do they then send you back out into the group and try to mix you up? Uh, they don't send the whole group back out, obviously. You're already overweight. Yeah, yeah that, that's correct. They, they do have to have uh, weight limits on the uh, on the rockets, and if it over if it gets too much, they will pull it off to the side, and they'll ask a couple people, you know, either pull them off and just go with a couple ex- extra empty seats on them. You know, quite frankly, uh, if you're um, jumbo size... How I'm, I don't want to use anybody we know as you know. Um, wait, wait, wait! Comparison you, points. You don't but, want to use anybody we know that that anybody listening would know. I mean, well, uh, okay. There's could be a point. Let's say if you fly on an airline and you're large. Oh, our, okay, our friend Don. No one. Yes, knows Don. that's exactly on, who I was thinking of. <laughs> it's not. It's not who I was thinking of. But he's on the. He's on our poker show. But no one's met him. I don't think he would need to pay for a second seat on an airline yet, but he's probably close. I think he needs an extender, though. Oh, He might need an extender. Could he even get in something like Screaming? I think so. There's a point where I don't know if you can get in some of these attractions. I know I have a hard time um, from, you know, I'm only six foot and I feel like you know you kind of got to bend over to get in there and pull that thing over your head and there are some attractions that say soaring you've only got so much ass room to get in there and get that seatbelt around right yeah that's true i mean at a certain point i think people kind of eliminate themselves from attractions from the sheer um uh, well, because they know their own size, they know, well, uh, or they're tired the, of dealing with it, or. Well, I was trying to think of the the word, the not the um, the logistics of getting yourself into a certain attraction. For instance, if you were like our friend, could you get in um, Mike and Scully's <coughs> vehicles? Or better yet, uh, Gadget's Go Coaster. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think so. I, I can uh, barely squeeze into that thing. Uh, could you, you know, could, this you, goes, could you get behind the wheel of uh, the Roger Rabbit spin? I mean, there yeah. are some things I, you couldn't get in the teacups. Um, uh, potentially, I think you will just eliminate yourself from some attractions. Now, unfortunately, but you does get that throw those, into an ADA situation? Uh, well, th- we'll get to that in a minute, and some of these other questions. Uh, you know, we know that just a few large guys, and I don't. You know, yes, I carry a few extra pounds. Uh, Mike, you probably carry a few. Richard does. Yeah. Then, you, then we get yeah, loose with us, right? and we get all on a pirate's boat. You know, there's a good chance we're bottoming out in certain parts of the attraction. Well, I don't know if there's anything you could really do to prevent that, you know? Well, I was going to say, go back to the whole controversial story with uh, Small World because of bigger people. When you have bigger people, they're also, like you say, taking more butt room. So they're going to be able to load fewer on the boat to begin with. So, 
in, there is a balancing effect that, yeah, they might be bigger one way, but they're also bigger the other way, so they're keeping less people from going on the you attraction. Know, quite honestly, those those boats do not feel significantly larger. The trough does not seem significantly larger. Nothing I have about to agree that with you. seems like they made an adjustment for fat people. I really I have think to agree with you. You're talking small world, right? Small yeah. world. I really think they decided it was time for new boats. Maybe got you know something in the guide mechanism uh, helped, but I just don't see this huge expansion of those those vehicles to accommodate fat people. I have and, to. And yes, I'm using the word fat because I, I I would say I could be put in that category. So, and I have to lose weight, but uh, well, yeah, yeah, oh, it's not politically correct, but who cares? I thought you were spending more time at the. Uh what is it, the gym, the health spa, whatever you have that membership for? All that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all <Okay>. that. <laughs> all right, next. Uh, with all the ADA requirements for the park, can this cause a double standard for the park? Meaning, Disney may not want to do a total rehab of a ride so that they would have to make it ADA compliant. Also, do you see a time when Disney will grow a pair of balls and stand up and state that just having a physical affliction will not get you to the front of the line with your 12 people. With the more and more afflictions being classified every day, the excessive gravitational pull or horizontal enchantment fat ever be classified as an ADA protected affliction? And if it is, what would they do to the park? I was once 365 pounds, but I have lowered my weight to 220, which is still overweight for my six foot frame, but I only have 12% body fat. I gotta still he, say congratulations. That's excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ex- exactly. But you know he's got a point there that um, obesity may just become a ADA protected affliction before we in, know it. In a well, lot of respects, it already is. No. Um, there uh, will soon be less non-afflicted people than there are afflicted. I mean, okay. Let's think about this. You know what? What has? I'm trying to think of an industry that that can still kind of, you know, that us heavy types can be. Um, I don't know. Uh, be prejudiced against, and they still get away with it. You know, the airlines, right? Yeah. You know, well, the, quite, they, quite they, honestly, do you want to sit next to that person? No, I don't. The, but see, you I don't know, the, the, mine's but, mostly in front. I don't really have the big. Excessively wide ass. It's like or anything like, spilling over the back or the sides. Yes, I, I'm I'm there too. But the the you know okay, let's talk about another people that the ADA protect. You know the, those in wheelchairs, right? They get everything's wheelchair accessible. They can get onto the airplane in a wheelchair. They make special wheelchairs that go down the aisle. And they can wheel them onto the seat. They can. Well, I'm sorry. Um, the excessively, what did he call them? The horizontal. Enchantment. I've seen some people. No, he wrote it as enchantment. Oh, I've okay. seen some people in, in, let's call them fat wheelchairs. Uh, Scooters? Are, no, 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 no. A wheelchair that is extra wide. You could literally put wide load on the back. Oh, I mean, okay. they're, they're wider than normal. There's no way that individual could be rolled onto an airplane. Absolutely not. I mean, no, no, but they, there's no wheelchair can go onto an airplane. They get wheelchaired up to the front of the plane, yes. and then they have to get on the special skinny wheelchair that... No, that's what I'm saying. The person in that wheelchair could not get in the skinny one. 
Yeah, they, the they have one that has no arms on it. It wouldn't it matter. Okay, but see, I'm not talking about. I'm I'm just trying to get with the 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 wheelchair people that are you know normal, right? I'm saying the airline industry still has. Uh, you know, leaves out the heavy folk, right? They make well, them. I, I think, quite honestly, uh, government, uh, a lot of people are a little leery to demand that every airline or every jetliner in the world be well, yeah. modif- modified. Because, yes, because that's all the United States that can. Uh, but the point I'm trying to make is that if, if you know, wide people become classified as an afflicted class for the ADA what how big do you have to be to be considered protected well see what you know what, what I'm saying that, yeah you I know, know what you're saying but I think what ends up happening is be you become so heavy that it's not the heaviness that gets you ADA protection it's what it's done to the rest of your body uh, it screws your knee up or your leg up or your back that's what you get your, your heart your ADA placard for or your heart um, you don't get it for being a obese at least not yet you get it for what obesity has done to the rest of your body okay that's now but i'm i'm going down this this path that you know you're going uh, down the slippery slope well then old darth is set up here for us okay you know fat people become class ada protected it's an ada protected affliction well how fat do you have to be before you get that protection you know all your knees work fine your stuff everything works fine even though you're heavy but now the airplane. Are you, are you sure it all works fine? Well, you haven't seen, you haven't some seen of it in some, a long okay. time. Yeah, there's a remote. There's a remote <laughs> control tucked up in my I rolls, don't right? See that picture. I do not need that no, picture. No, but seriously, okay. You know, here's you a dude. Use, you use Velcro on your shoes now. You no, can. no. There's a dude though. He rolls up to the airplane. Okay, I'm I'm on a fly, but I take up two seats. You have to okay. pay for the second seat now because he's not protected. But if it's an a, if it's an ADA protected affliction, they can't charge him for that. Oh, that's too bad. You take up two seats. We'll sell you two. You know, we'll you only pay a price for one, but you take up two seats. Too bad for us, right? Because that's how that uh, would work. I, I guess potentially. Well, yeah, yeah. You know what really bothers me? I, you know, I rolled up uh, when I was still working to the building department in Laguna Beach. Now, I don't know. I think this is true everywhere, and it just bugs the crap out of me. And it did, didn't. You know, I figured if Laguna was that way, it didn't mean everybody else was because Laguna is like a Nazi. Yeah, hippie. No, it's hippie. Liberal, well, it's yeah. a liberal whack job place, you know. Yeah, well, you know, you can, you can be so fascist that you're almost over to the left. You know what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> you can be so far right. <laughs> you've that you've gone all the way around. Level, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'm putting my coinage in the meter. And right next to me is, you know, the ADA one. Coinage free. Why the hell, just because you have a placard... And who even knows if your placard is valid or some whack job doctor is uh, soft and gave you one? I mean, I, I'm not to discount the the people who actually need them, but I've had back surgery. I have 25% mobility loss. I know people with the same back injury with the same loss or less that have handicap placards. I don't have one. Is now am I somewhat jealous? Maybe because sometimes I don't want to walk so far. But the point being, they want equal. Um, access. The whole thing is they don't want to be treated better. They just want to be treated equal. That's always the argument. I'm air quoting. <laughs> if that's true, then you should be feeding the meter just like me. Correct. We can, we can lower the meter in case you know, you're know you in a wheelchair. See, and the problem we have in, with ADA stuff in, in the building departments is 
we don't know who thinks of this shit sometimes because I talked to, we've talked about this before, a um, vision impaired guy that uh, was at the uh, uh, window to the magic, uh, friends of the magic thing at Disney or Disneyland. And I, I hung around with him a lot and I said, Hey, you know, I got these questions. I, I don't want to be insensitive, but you know, I'm in the building industry and you know, we're always having these new codes and these little, you know, the, what they call truncated domes. Those are those yellow uh, pads you see with all the little, you know, like bubbles on them, you know, that, you feel as you're walking or whatever. Uh-huh. So do they let you know that, you know, this is the latest thing? No, we don't know until we trip over. <laughs> he hates those things, you know, <laughs> we don't uh, know until we trip over it. Nice. <laughs> it, it's, it's, you well, know, it's, it's, laugh, do-gooders, it's, it's do-gooders that think of these things and they're not always do good things, you know? And, and it, when, when we're thinking ADA, we're not always thinking just in a wheelchair. Okay. You, you've got the guy on those crutch things. Okay. Well, He's got a leaning problem, so you can't make it too low so it's just for the guy in the wheelchair because you also have people who are ADA who, you know, aren't in the lower situation. So you got all these weird mixes of high, low, you know, trip hazards, non-trip hazards. Braille, Braille, Braille for the ATM, know. for the drive-up ATM. Drive-up ATM. <laughs> yeah, you, you laugh about tripping over those trunkity. I got the Braille Institute just down the street from where I uh, live here, and they start putting those little truncated domes and all the, on the uh, crosswalks all around the school and everything else here. Where do they not have them? In right front at the of the Braille Institute. Yeah, in front of the Braille because they when they're learning how to walk with the uh, with the uh, white cane and everything, it sticks and it knocks the cane out of the hands. They trip over them, everything. Just knowing, f- feeling where the curb is is plenty. So it's, it's just like you know, if, if if all of all the afflicted people, I think the blind, I've got some of the biggest heart for because I can't imagine being out in the world and not being able to see anything, have to cross streets and all that. That just scares me shitless. So and, and uh, one other thing is from the from my experience, blind people tend not to have what do you want to say a chip on the shoulder. They don't try to hold hold their affliction in your face all the time on what's going on. The, the few that I've met have, yeah, have less of a, yeah, a few of them have less of a hang-up than uh, uh, some of the other minor afflicted people, I, I guess I could call it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, yeah, also, we also need to say on point two here that, um, you know, there is no grandfather clause for ADA compliancy. No, no. Right, though, so, though so, Disney has tried to shove, well, to, to be quite honest, the only person I've ever heard that from was Richard, and I, I wouldn't have known any different. I just trusted that somebody told him at the park that, well, we, we're never no, going to do this because uh, uh, if we do, then ADA, you know, we have to comply with it. And I, quite frankly, wouldn't have known any different until I happened to be in a seminar one day about ADA with a lawyer, and somebody raised their hand and asked about uh, grandfathering. So that, you know, I didn't ask in front of the group, but later – Privately, I asked the question about Disneyland. I said, I've been curious. I haven't worked there for years, but, you know, we were always told this. This is why I didn't update this or they didn't update that. It's just absolutely not. You know, there's no grandfathering for ADA. It's one of the few things that's retroactive that I can think of. No, actually, I I, uh, heard that when I was working with the uh, Homeowners Association at the condo complex I lived at at the time. Yeah, That's the only came, okay. was the with only, the lawyer, the lawyer for the condo complex. Of course, he's he's yelling, he's he's trying to say you don't have to do anything. The only thing in the code that uh, addresses it is for financial 
it was unfeasibly fine uh, or a financial hardship, and I don't think Disney could ever argue financial yeah. hardship. So, so um, the one thing I did find out though uh, at Disney when I was asking about the question of what when they did the update with uh, the treehouse. Well, how do you make that ADA compliant? Because there's all the stairs. You got the uh, suspension bridge up there. And what I was told at the time was they don't have to give, on the ADA, they don't have to give the exact same experience. They just have to give a similar experience. So they have an alternate. Yeah, they let them in the back door and they play with all the stuff anyway. The stuff downstairs. And and essentially the whole storyline is you're you're looking at Jane's book. So they have a book that tells the same exact story down on the ground you can look at. Same thing with the, uh, and they've done similar things with the castle tour, which is all stairs going up and down. That was interesting because I did not realize how strict, you know, I always knew you couldn't make steps too high. I didn't realize you could make them too short until I saw that they were remeasuring all the steps in the castle. That's why I was asking Greg about, okay, how strict are they? And you were telling me extremely strict. Oh, yeah, you can't build the Winchester house. Yeah. The project guys that were working on the castle were pulling hair out at times because the stairs, the ones in particular I remember are that the last last set of stairs going up till you reach the top part of the castle, they were measuring them and they were all coming up like about anywhere from half an inch short to an inch and a quarter short. They were all different sizes going up. And when they tried to do the figures on making it a correct set of stairs, they had to extend the stairway. So they were trying to figure out, okay, how do we, and it was just kind of humorous watching them all on the whole thing. It's, it's really pretty easy, but they all have to be consistent. Every flight of stairs, now the first flight of stairs could be slightly different from the second flight, as long as they're separated by a landing of some sort. But every flight of stairs has to, once you've stepped up like say seven inches, the rest of them have to be seven inches. And that's partly because your mind, once you've made that first step, is automatically calculating the next step. So they have right. to be the same. And there is, uh, and a difference between it differs between residential and commercial what the minimum and maximum of those um, uh, can be. And there's only one exception to an exceptionally steep stair. And I forgot what it's called. You see it in like in, in industrial places, and they're really steep, sort of like on a ship, you know. And you've got uh, the handles on the side, and they're very yeah. steep. And there's a name for them, and I can't think of it right now it's in the code uh, but anyways uh, let's go on to the next question uh, when do uh, see, when do they open other lines for an attraction and whom is the person that decides when that happens for example uh, we were at Line and Big Thunder and they only had the right of the station uh, working the line was moving but when we went on it and about 30 minutes later we only waited for about 4 minutes so they must open up the other side um, quite frankly, from what I remember, Richard, you can correct me, it's strictly an operational issue with the attraction leads and supervisors in the area deciding if they're going to operate both sides, if they have enough cast members to operate both sides. Um, you know, it's, that's, that's an attraction. How many trains uh, are on the track? Yeah. How many trains are available to put on the track? Yeah, you're, you're, well, that you're too, yeah. correct. You're all correct. Yeah, it's, it's strictly an operational decision. And that so it's, of- it's luck of the draw then. You know that leads like, into like, like today. Wait, today I went oh, to the park today. Okay, I, w- I was going to. I'm all right. So I, my son and I rolled up because um, was he out of school? Yes, they're off. Uh, 
They have the whole week off? My kids just have tomorrow off. No, they have the three weeks off. This week, next they're, week. They're, oh, they're that's right. They're year-round. I forgot. Well, now it's modified tradition. Anyway, uh, so the boy and I rolled out there because my daughter's now got this disease my son had three weeks ago. And so just the two of us, and we rolled up to the tram area, loading area. They had two sides uh, for loading, right? So, you know, first of all, it's 50-50 pick, which... One's going to roll, move faster, and both of them were just jammed with people. So we decided we're going to walk down to the monorail station. Walk to the monorail station. The line switched back, right? You know, the line uh, is like three rows deep before it goes, starts spilling down the stairs. So we did our passes, come, walked up the top of the stairs, and walked in maybe 10 yards and stopped. That's how many people were in there waiting for monorails, right? And monorail, two monorails were on the line. One was not taking anybody. It was just rolling through the station empty and dispatching empty. And the next one would come and take people. So we had, uh, we had to wait for four four cycles. Two of them empty, two full ones. And we got them. So I would have walked by then. Well, yeah. I turned to him. I said, you ready to walk? I don't know. <laughs> wait, you, wait, wait. Who's the adult here? Me. But, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> I didn't care, right? It doesn't matter to me. I'm not in that big of a you're, hurry. You're, you're enjoying the experience of Disneyland and the... Yeah, yeah. All right. So, so I, I mean, by all outward appearances, the park is going to be friggin' nuts because the, the line of the tram, packed. The line for the monorail, packed. We zoom over the Esplanade, maybe not so packed. Get off the monorail, stand in Tomorrowland, it's friggin' dead. Right? The, the pile of people lined up for Jedi Academy. Hardly any. All the chairs, you know, usually the chairs and the tables right up against there, full of people, empty. Walk around the corner to Star Tours and Buzz. Buzz is a walk-on. Star Tours. We, they, they kept the queue outside for a bit for some reason, and then we're sending people in once it fell down. But once we got in, we walked all the way up, walked through the counter, guy goes so, down, down so to Bay there, 4. Was there, was there 20,000 people in the park today? I have no idea. I just no, know. I, I'm just saying. Richard says there are no days like this, and you're describing a and, day. And, and and we you know we would go down to the last uh, cabin, and the guy's like, "All right, how many get on there? Get on there!" And, and the doors are already open, and people are already filling in. I mean, so we walked on, and then we walked on the buzz, walked across to go to mansion, walked on the mansion. I mean, <laughs> we got on the line, just kept walking, walking. The line never really stopped. We walked right in to the. You know, the little foyer and then right into the elevator. The little what? Foyer. Foyer. Ah. It's a French big, word. Big booty. <laughs> yeah. Hey. The vestibule. Screw you then. We walked into the vestibule <laughs> <laughs> and the elevator doors are already open straight to the vestibule into the rigging elevator. And, and then we walked out and we're walking down Main Street empty. I just couldn't believe how freaking empty it was. It was just nuts. It, yeah, getting in and so then you'll start doing a little bit of math or looking around observation yeah, that they only had like three trams running which is why there's a backup of people well that's why i tend to walk uh during the week because there's been times where i see i see the tram or I see a ton of people waiting so i just start to walk and because if there's very few trams on they're pretty much dispatching evenly one leaves one starts or yeah, there's three yeah. right I can actually walk there quicker, and a tram won't even pass me. Yeah, it's, it was just crazy. It, it, one monorail on the line, two maybe two trams, three trams running, and and once you got in, freaking great. Okay, and now I think this is a good place. There's one more question and a PS, 
But we also got an email from Conrad, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he's got a question or mouse busters that plays right into our number three here about uh, the lines. And it is... Um, the right where, side of every queue. It didn't yeah, it's faster. also a mouse busters. Uh, for you. I was on Pirates, and I heard someone say that the right side of every queue at Disneyland is faster, i.e. Haunted Mansion Pirates. He said they purposely design it that way. Is there any truth to that? Thanks, Conrad. And I was thinking about that, you know, and trying to think it like, you know, if you, if you run a race, you know, on a track, and you're on the inside, theoretically, your... Distance is shorter, yes. Your distance is shorter. But people don't stay in their tracks right i mean after they get going they kind of move all over right i, I don't really pay attention well to it depends on the distance of the race some of them short some of those shorter distances they'll stay in their lane okay and that's why you see them stagger start right 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 the one okay. on the inside track starts like at the start finish line oh, oh yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, the, yeah yeah you're right you're right okay so i was thinking about that like pirates for example if you go to the right you know if you went left or right to till you go up those little um uh ramps you're the same it's absolutely even. Now, the one on the left sometimes will go back to the side of the building, and the one on the right might go down past the building and come back. But if, then when you go inside, in theory, though it's only maybe a couple people difference, your inside, right side, is a little shorter than the left side. Not enough to make any significant difference that I can think of, but I don't know. I've never heard of that before. I find it. I'm trying to think in my head. What, what odd the, to say that. Um, well, today, today, mansion, the right side was quicker because no one got in the right side line. Yeah, I think. So. <laughs> you know, I don't know why, but no one got in the right side. Well, a lot of times the right side is fast pass. Also, um, on some attractions, uh, if they parallel, like you know, a mansion for one, the right side. Yeah, the right side is usually fast pass. Well, you know what? The the guy manning the split was distracted by putting a family, putting a little kid up on the grass to stand next to the pumpkin decoration there so the family could take his picture. Oh. And so uh, we get to that split, and, you know, I see a line on the right, on the left, come back, no one on the right. I said, go to the right. And so, no one was there. I, to- do, do people have a natural tendency of going left or going right? Are they really? I, I don't know. I don't know. Do you know anybody in the know, Richard? Have you ever heard that before? I've never heard that yes, before. Yes, I have. I've heard that numerous times that follow to the right side. And I'm, I swear I read it in uh, one of our sponsor books, Walt Disney World, the full report. I thought it was in there. And because I've heard that story, I thought it was acknowledged in there. And I'm, I can't find it right now. But yeah. Hey, as as much as I like Brian, I'm not sure if I'm trusting him on that. Yeah. It's, it's it's not. Yeah, he doesn't seem. Do you really go and test it out? Do you go around each other twice? <laughs> Brian, Brian refers to another part, which which goes right into it, the herd mentality. Uh, people see well, people true. going towards towards the left, so everybody tends to start just naturally following to the yeah, left. Yeah, but Let's it, see, what other ride has a left and right? Okay, um, people, then you'd have the right. I have heard that. You know, the one side does tend to move faster than the other side just because of the herd mentality routine. But it does flip the other way at times, which which you tend to do is you just watch for whichever line is tends well, to work I'm, shortest. I'm thinking Big Thunder, for example. The I would think the left line would be shorter and 
distance. You have an outside turn at the beginning, but then everything else is inside. <sighs> you know, so it's like they, really, but yeah. they don't split the line of thunder anymore. Yeah, they do. Sometimes they do. You get all the way up uh, to a fast pass mixin, and it's all the same. That's true. You only use the one side. The fast pass is the other um, side. Oh yeah. And See, then, that's, that's small it, world. Too. Small world. If you stay to the right, you go over the bridge. Whereas stay to the left, you make the U turn and go but back I, down. But you I know what? That, that you, there's you can't judge that one, for example, because they screwed the queue up. That's not the original. Correct. Queue. I know they reversed it so you can but, go through but, a shop. But but, but I, can, um, I can say I can say there was no design. I know there there was no concerted effort in the design of the queue that once I was going to go the faster, the the efforts and Greg, both of you know this from watching some of the stuff get designed over at WDI. The only design they have in mind is to how to get as many people through it as possible in the shortest amount of time. So I, there, I, I, I can't I come. Up, I'm 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 reviewing attractions in my head, and I can't think of any that many attractions that have uh, a left have, side and a right side anymore. Yeah, Splash. There are a few. Splash. Very, Oh, Pirates Mansion, and uh, sometimes Mansion is uh, fast pass certain times okay. of the year. So that um, splash, splash is the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Not poo. But the not, thing about Splash, significant. Okay, not Big Thunder. The only way the right could be shorter or the left, either one, is physically the length of the area you stand in is shorter. And as I'm walking through in my mind's eye on Splash, there is no significant big turns Mm -mm. that you'd have to take 20 more steps to get around and shortly and shortly after you merge shortly after shortly after you go through the turnstiles you merge anyway and i can't even even when you're talking about big thunder it's if you were to use double lines of big thunder i can't picture it's so it's such a small difference that's what i'm saying it's matterhorn has a left and a right but they're they're the same they're the same yeah but what, what i found on that one though you might say Okay, and then again, where do you call the right and the left? I on the Matterhorn, I would call right and left as I walk up to it from the backside, and in theory, the right was always a lot shorter because when people would come up from the the uh, castle, they'd hit the first line they see, and yeah. usually the one on the other side was shorter. But I think that's just a matter of that herd mentality because you you're walking up to the ass end of the Matterhorn and you see the line, you get in it. But you know, but the the were, line hardly ever extends down that far anymore. No, but, not much. But for the actual mouse buster, no, there was no design in the queue. Okay, it, number it's four. Just a hard okay, so back quick, back to yeah. uh, how quickly does Disney add new technology to attractions? There's a new A. Now this, I, I'm actually thinking he's made a mistake here. I read this before. We're, we're back to Darth, right? I, yes, yeah, we're yes. Back to Darth, and and funny when I answer, send his an answer back to his email i asked him if i could call him darth i said is that okay lord vader so he answered me back yeah so we can't call him darth uh there is a new aa in indy where he now just does not hold the boulder back uh physics hello (laughs) but points in the direction to go how quickly can they add these new aas and can it be done on the nightly downtime for the attraction thanks have a great show and there is a ps but we won't get to that yet now the doors when you've when you first make that first turn around, is he talking about the, the door? Uh, you first see Indy, is that? Okay, well, see, uh, uh, because he's not holding a boulder back there. He's holding back the the things we've unleashed by looking into the eyes of Mara, right? Okay, where is he holding a boulder? At the end, right? The boulder crashes through, you go around, he's, 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 he's standing, standing there in a pile of rubble, right? 
Right, but so so I think a- he I think he's merged something in his head, or he's thinking that he's holding a boulder back at the first time we see him. I th- I think it's that because at the end he's just standing there, it's like whew, you know, wow, and then he's sure. hanging. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and I would have to say because of the variations in the attraction, and he's not from around here, and he doesn't get here as often as we do. He just hasn't seen one of the variations of the the attraction because. Quite honestly, as much as I write it, I can't say that I've noticed a new one or a different programming where um, he, he, I've seen him point numerous times over the years. So I don't know that this is yeah. new. Can you, can you, nah. do you know anything, Richard? No, I, I, I was just going to say I'm agreeing with you. It just might be that it was just the change because Indy does have a change in program. It's... Um, how many random, random yeah? How many random things does that have? And, yeah, and I think somebody actually did the math and came up with fifty thousand different variations on this show. And quite honestly, um, and so yeah, subtle, you'll never be able to tell the difference between one to the other. Like, yeah, some of them are subtle. Some of them are more. Yeah, you know, when you well, yeah, when, when he says different things, but quite honestly, that wouldn't take a new. It, let's say we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, and we'll say it's that first indie, and now he points. Uh, that's programming. That's not programming. a new. A, that's not a new AA. That's that's programming. As long as that arm was built with the ability to move and be programmed. I mean, some AAs. Let's say take some of the pirate ones. One sitting on their ass at the auction. Uh, they have very limited motion. You you couldn't say, okay, we're going to reprogram uh, the one guy to flip him off. <laughs> he's he's not programmed for that arm to even move. He's you know the, about the only thing that moves in him is his head and his mouth, right? Yeah, right. Uh, that would take a new one, but Indy is a fully uh, articulated AA, as far as I know, able to move arms and head. You know, yeah, the, the moves. You know, the the one there at the beginning and the one at the end. They're they're full uh, ninth generation, like Mister Lincoln. Okay, so um, that's the only way I think we can answer number four. Now, here's to the PS, which I <laughs> enjoyed reading. Oh, uh, could it? I'll throw in just a little extra on more. It does take them a few days to be able to move an AA. Uh, it's not something that's done easily because you got to remember these things weigh anywhere from a couple hundred pounds to just shy of a thousand pounds. So you're okay. You're talking- I, I want I want to call bullshit for a second. Give me an example because if they need to actually move one in, and I realize they're heavy, but you prepare for it. You should be able to, you know, say move Lincoln in, move Lincoln out. I mean, yes, you have to unhook hoses. Well, uh, move, moving it in and out as you know a day, less than a day, but doing all the hookups might be something else. Exactly, that's why I'm getting. That's if you would let me finish. I'm saying they're, oh, they're I, big I heard machines. you end your your speech pattern. So no, you, no, you heard incorrect. Gone. Um, <laughs> depending depending on what type of uh, figure it is, how, how many hookups it is, and then it's also uh, programming. They can only do so much with the programming over at Walt Disney Imagineering, uh, when they actually get on the set and they're sitting there, there are going to be adjustments and tuning on the uh, programming. And then there's the, even the costuming. There's They have the costumes that they set up over at WDI, but then there's going to be the adjustment period and everything. So I'm not saying it takes a long time, but I would say depending on how complicated the figure is, anywhere from a couple days to about a week to be able to move one of them in and out. All right. I'll give you somewhat of an okay on that. Thank so you. kind. You're so kind. <laughs> nice, nice to have your blessing for once. Well, when when we read this last one, you'll understand my my sarcasm sometimes. All right. P.S. A carp can live in very poorly conditioned water that most other fish cannot. 
They can live in very little water also, such as the muck, quote-unquote, or air quoting, that was being sucked up in the castle moat. But, this is a big but, <laughs> a bird cannot transport eggs of a fish via its wings or tail feathers, as Richard states. The aerodynamics which knocks the eggs off as well as they need a moist environment for survival to take place. I will need to call BS on this one. I'm also a biology teacher. Okay. <laughs> nice. Okay. Nice to see he has he has other work. That's good. Besides terrorizing. All I can say is that's what was yeah. told to me. And <laughs> tell, you know, somebody can, else can give me, besides tossing the goldfish and the beta fish into the pond. I, I guess, Richard, you, uh, you need to... Well, we know we didn't stock at that part, but um, if if you're, I guess what my my um, my advice would be, my counseling is uh, qualify your statement if you think you might not be right to be. I was told or heard. Uh, I, I thought I, I always I, did qualify I, the statement. That's what I was told. Uh, not as much lately as you used to. I, I guess with as many um, uh, butts and bullshits that have been called lately. I, I would have to say that our audience is becoming a little more diverse. We've we've had engineers call bullshit on me or <laughs> correct me. We were having a biology teacher correct you. Uh, we've had numerous people correct us over time. So we can't get away as much bullshit as we might have in the past. So hey, just all I can say, all I can say is for all those people, screw it. We don't do <laughs> research on this show. We don't give a damn. We're just here to entertain. So there. <laughs> uh, okay, that's that's pretty lame, but yeah, sure, why not? It's oh, easy okay. to say when the BS is pulled on you, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Uh, anyways, okay, so uh, did we kind of cover? Should we just go cover Conrad's the rest of his uh, email since we lightly touched on it? It's just more of an attaboy, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, why not? I uh, just caught up in your last three shows regarding the Marvel Comics show, and it would be cool to meet up and do a follow-up a follow-up show on that. Just tell me when and where. I guess he must be a big Marvel fan. Uh, regarding the celebrity chair or celebrating charity show, I work for the Boys and Girls Club of Fullerton, and I personally signed up our organization up for the program. Still in the process of signing up, but it seems to be promising. Also, okay, we did the Mouse Busters. Um, thanks, Conrad. Just so we've covered and can move that into uh, to the pile. The because red pile. you know nothing, um, and I've we, you know I've met Conrad in the park a couple times. He he. You came he, to Westfest. Uh, yeah, he came to Westfest. He saw me one night at Elvis, uh, and uh, you know it's um, you know I don't want to make his email sound insignificant and short, but since we already covered part of it, um, we fig- I, you know might figured we might as well just finish that up. You know. Uh, okay. Well, then let's see where are we at. We're one uh, we're one hour eighteen into. It. We can you know shut it down here if you'd like because. Uh, I have an email here that I know is going to spark more than 15, 20 minutes of discussion, you, you and I an hesitate e- to read it. You have an email that I haven't got? Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, it looks like it came to me only from Jim oh. in North Carolina. Okay, what happened to um, getting the Mesa Verde guy on? We, I guess we should call him. <laughs> uh, I, I, I thought you were going to since he communicated. Uh, well, I tried yes. texting him back, but... 
no response. We we did read the one from Ryan about the Mesa Verde one, right? And he bought the orange scent stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Talked about Richard's f bombs and all that. So I want to I want to drop that into the red uh, pile so we don't talk about it again. Uh, we don't and, oh, and you missed it, Richard. We played a bunch of voicemails last week. Uh, sorry. Had had important stuff that had to be taken care of. Now, did we mention? I know it's uh, by the time this show will come out, Halloween will be a week and a half, two weeks past. That the Halloween show that uh, showed up. Did you? Did, by the way, did you go check the feed because I had some complaints that uh, you had one complaint you told me about, and yes, I did. <laughs> and, it, and it was okay. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Did we mention it last week that that was actually recorded the year before, but Richard just got done editing it? We might have. Well, I but just I, got done editing it back at the end of July. But I know that I uh, when I posted that the you know the the text that went with the post was yeah we were there last year. <laughs> this is your treat for this year. Oh, okay. Kind of okay. like a review. Now, hey, I I got a, a um way back in March, since we're cleaning stuff up, we got a uh, a a mousebuster question from Kirby, TV Kirby, and uh, he sent me a tweet asking if we ever actually went over it. So I said, uh, what, what I don't was think it? So. And then we might be able to, you know, the, since we have such great memory. <laughs> yeah. Here, well, let me. Do we lose Richard? No, I'm right here. Oh, I, I got a ping. Uh, oh, new file transfer. Okay, no. Yeah, I'm just. I'll have I, to. I'll have to wait till the show's over to sense. All right. Yeah, uh, let's see. K I R B. Let me give you the legend to be busted. Uh, mail from a parenting. I mean, the guy questions story I never heard before. One of my college roommates is a princess character at Disney in the summer, and her boyfriend was a Jungle Cruise skipper. This roommate said ride operators made an incredible amount of money. More than the characters since they're involved in transportation. They're members of the Teamsters Union. This doesn't sound correct at all. They don't mention that they're talking to Disneyland or Walt Disney World time period, make it the 80s or early 90s. I understand that spieling positions pay more, but it can't be that much more. I'm aware that attempts are being made to make some of the rides the legal equivalent of subways or buses as a common carrier. But a Jungle Cruise skipper is just a spieling cast member, I thought. The whole thing came up in a discussion on how cast members stand... How, on how cast members can stand doing the same thing over and over again, but that's a whole other question. So that was something he wanted us to... Well, with that, I think you should uh, drop uh, oh. Skipper Dan as the exit music. Yeah. I've show. already done Skipper Dan. Oh, wait. Uh, here, here's a follow-on. Specifically, she's talking about Disneyland around 1967. The roommate was unable to be a princess the next year because of the addition of a requirement to sing, not just look like any of the princesses. Okay, now we did have a question once yeah. specifically about... The singing thing, but I don't think the other portions came up. Um, and they are part of the. Uh, let's go back. The attractions are the Teamsters in the park, right? Or the last the time teamsters. I checked, they were. Yeah. Okay. Now, I, I correct me again because we'll qualify this that none of us have been right operators. We have had acquaintances that have been, but none of us personally are correct uh, or have been. Correct. I I think I'm not positive that Jungle Cruise gets a like we get we got the quarter stipend or whatever if we did certain things like undercover stuff like that uh i think their contract has it i'm not 100 percent positive though what, the, if, richard are it, you, it's like gonna be like I've, 25 cents an hour yeah something, something, I, small, it's something yeah. tiny okay we we do have a person that was a very good friend of mine that was a ride operator that was in fantasy land that 
did the dark rides, Peter Pan, Pinocchio, and those. They, when she moved over to storybooks, she did get like a little premium because you you have to know the spiel. So there is a premium pay for knowing the spiel and being able to do the spiel, and you have to get tested on it as well. And get, yeah, I guess like Jungle Cruise has something very similar. Rather than just punching the start and stop button over at Indy, yeah. if you're actually doing the spiel and you're part of the show, you're going to get a little bit of a premium on yeah, it. Yeah, but it's it's, it's not it's much. it's hardly anything. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's you're more going fifty you're more cents, twenty five cents. Yeah, uh, because the whole thing is everybody wants to be a Jungle Cruise skipper. Sure, but as far as characters, um, characters in Disneyland are, if I for the most part, are all non-union. So uh, I think you're wrong. Wait, there. wait, I think wait, wait. All union. No, 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 no. Not the. We're talking about the characters that you go out and get your meet and greet and take your picture with. Correct. Now. If you're going to do a singing part, that's an entirely different part of entertainment, and that actually goes that falls under equity. Agva. Uh, uh, what? Agva. They're not equity players. Well, equity players is a broad term. Agva no, is the equity is a union, dude. Oh, well, it's not a broad term. Equity Agva, is a union. Agva, which is the American Guild of Variety Artists, um, they they're actually uh, singing performers. Uh, actually, are a different, di- different part of entertainment. They're not okay, in the fine. same area. So, what you're saying, you could have a Tinkerbell on stage, and you could have a Tinkerbell on a show, or I'm not forget Tinkerbell. Um, uh, Cinderella and on stage, and a Cinderella on a show. Um, the same person wouldn't probably not be playing both those parts. One is part of the entertainment, and one part is uh, characters. Characters, which is entertainment, but it's a different part. Well, of I and I think you are incorrect about the non-union status of uh, the characters, but I can't uh, I can't go to my grave swearing it or swear on my father's grave. But I am, you know, high probabilities in the '98 that they are unionized. I was going to say I'm in the high probabilities of the '95, '98 that they are not. Because I remember hearing stuff about. Well, I was hearing about Disney World. In the early days, and they were starting up that union there. Um, I want to say it's back in the early '80s, or trying to start it up. And because of the way unions are out there, and the right to work, and all that, even though we're a right to work state, it's 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 not quite as open. It's a little different. Um, yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure that they are, but you know, you can always check it out and ask. You know, Mickey when his heads off or her. Uh, you know just to satisfy my curiosity but I I thought I was pretty confident when I was there that they were because there wasn't much that wasn't union to be quite honest in when I was there there's very I'll say there's very little on stage work at Disneyland and you know people like that aren't unionized but But short of that to answer the question I don't think ride ride operators make an incredible amount of money here's the problem here's what we can't do it's like for instance uh, grocery store checker now Oh. Not such, you know, okay money. Not great money, but okay. But I can remember having a, a, a pretty hot girl down the street, uh, sister to a friend of mine. And she made serious bank being a, uh, a checker back in the 70s. Just when scanning was started or she still have to uh, punch before. the keys? Oh, okay, so she had to punch the keys, okay. Right. But like a lot of things, um, this the disparity between pay is, you know, got closer right uh for instance now i looked on the disneyland website to find out you know what was the highest paying gig going off the street 
what they now I didn't go into hospitality in the hotel side. I only looked at the park. The highest paying gig was photo pass, a little over ten bucks an hour. Uh, the ride operators were under ten dollars an hour, like nine fifty seven or some odd number. But that doesn't mean in the '60s that they weren't the highest paid in the park. You know, as far as non-skilled type labor, uh, right now they didn't have security listed. But I'm pretty sure security is still the highest uh, non-paid, uh, non-skilled labor. Sorry, not non-paid, but skilled. <laughs> yeah, we're the highest, highest paid, paid non-paid labor. Nice, yeah. yeah. Um, but as far as what they had listed on the website, you know, attractions, food service. Uh, sweepers, well, things like that. And, and Photo Pass was the highest listed, but you know, back in the '60s, let's say it was six bucks an hour to ride operate, but you know, minimum wage is two bucks an hour, and guys sweeping got two bucks. But over the years, that got closer and closer. You know, we what we we just don't know because we don't know any operators from the '60s. That's that's part of our and, our dilemma here. And you know, I'll agree with you because when I first started, I first started in foods, and there was the joke in there that foods, you started at the highest starting wage out of any position between ride operator, sweeper, any of the regular unskilled positions that you can just come in off the street, high school student come in as. Foods, you started off as the highest, but they all topped off in year, one and a half years while everybody else had these four and five year top outs. So you'll start off real high, but by the time you spend a year or so, everybody else is just passing you by. Okay, and then, uh, uh, yeah, the, the other thing that about m- making money, do you think the entertainment people work eight hours? Do they have eight-hour shifts? Do they do you a parade? Know, do they do a parade and get to hang around on the clock for two or three hours for the next one to start? I think it's hard to... I mean, in my experience, the guy's between the parades the people hung around yeah but you know entertainment is a different way of getting paid because you know you're you know the unions they give you a certain amount of downtime for your on stage time uh it's like you know the the band take the band for example how often do you see them on stage but they're there all day backstage sometimes they'll break up into little other groups but when you sometimes think about they're down rehearsing sometimes they're down rehearsing you you think of how much Performance time on stage, pretty little compared to their their work day. Now I, the, that's yeah. interesting that they get rehearsal time because typically as a musician, rehearsal time is your own. You're expected to show up for your professionally paid gig, knowing what you need to know. Oh, whoa, 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 wait! Well, you're saying if okay, I'm in the Philharmonic and I don't ever rehearse with the rest of them. You do, you do, but not as much as you would think. When you show up at the Philharmonic, you know, for your for your rehearsal, whatever, you're already expected to know your music, and you know, and, you know, and you're working together just to know well, <laughs> what the director style is or or when things come together. I, I, I would agree on that, but but when you're talking about even the Disneyland band, they have a set spiel and they have to know everybody needs to be on the same book of how the show was going to go because they'll have different characters come out for different things and they, everybody needs to be on the same Yes, that's, yeah, but but that's, a, rehearsal, that's a rehearsal for timing and re- if, and, and right. song choice order. But, but if to, they're missing somebody, but they'll to learn the music the union and have somebody that's, sent over. That's true. But You're to right. learn the music, uh-uh, that's, that's on your own time. You show up here knowing that. Well, you know, funny enough, I know a couple of CCM bands, contemporary Christian music bands, and I used to ask them because, you know, they put on great concerts. They interacted well between them, you know, really put on shows. Um, and I said, how much time do you rehearse? 
Nah, not much. You know, they learn their songs when they first record them, maybe practice them a little bit, but other than that, rehearse, nah. You know your music, you get up, you perform. It's Some people are just natural performers, and, you know, certain personalities work well together, you know, so maybe the bassist and the lead guitarist really played off each other well, but the lead singer was kind of his own guy. You know what I'm saying? They don't. They didn't really rehearse all these moves. I mean, they, some of these guys just <laughs> have the, these little like routines that kind of do almost every show or variations of it. So you'd you'd assume that they kind of rehearsed all this stuff. They didn't. Yeah. Uh, I found it kind of okay. Uh, some of, uh, interesting. Some of my paying gigs as as a musician, the few that I've had, um, specifically you know Easter services or whatever, uh, the 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 group we would gather on our own time and go over the music three or four times. And then we'd had one rehearsal on the site the day before for a couple hours, and that was it. Well, quite frankly, uh, who doesn't know that music? Well, okay. I'm just giving you What, what music are you talking If you played enough Easter services or Christmas services, 90% of the stuff they play is well, I mean, the, I, slightly right. different arrangements. But in general, you know, you could probably jump in, right? Well, some, well the first time I did it, it was new to me. All right, and then, and then, you know, we went back for five years in a row. So by that, by that fifth year, yes, we'd be given six pieces of music. One was new; the other five we played the previous year. So everybody's first time is tough. <laughs> what do you? <laughs> so anyway, I'm just saying that you know, if if you if the if Disneyland is paying the Disneyland band to do two gigs, and then it's filled with four hours of rehearsal in the middle, that's not the standard way. I that's don't not, think that's, that's the, that much. I don't remember being that much when I was there. But they did have a rehearsal room where they would uh, gather some. Yeah. And, sure, you know, sure. Warm up. A bunch yeah. of costume changes because they've got, you know, the, all the uh, the saxophone guys will come the out. The Firehouse they, Five, yes. They, they have the other, uh, the Firehouse guys. And, you know, so they've got a, a variety of little things that got it, like, say, what we'd call breakout sessions that they got to go do, yep. you know. But um, And the Magic Kingdom Corps. Oh, how I miss them. Now, on the question with the parade, do you just hang around on it? I remember talking to a couple of people that were with the parades. The parade will pay you for, like, doing the first parade, and then there's, like, a three- or four-hour gap between parades. They won't pay you for it. You're expected to clock out, go do your thing, clock back in in time for the next See, parade. See, that sounds like the miserly Disney company that I'm familiar yeah. with. Well, it's like a split shift in a way. But, exactly. It's a, uh, but it's a lot exactly. of them will hang around, especially, you know, if the parade is well, coming down. nothing else the, to do, and they're not kicking you out, why well, not, right? In, in theory, if you're off the clock, you're not supposed to be on property. But they come behind, behind Town Square, and the kids hang out. They're in, the, in between their, their wherever, or... They're back by the parade building, hanging out, you know, uh, you know, yeah. with too much PDA going on. And, you know, <laughs> I was gonna say so. hooking up in the broom closet or something. <laughs> Guys or girls, uh, both. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so so we can't, we really can't. Uh, we got no information for this mouse buster. We, well, I, I wouldn't it's say, hard to say. I wouldn't I, say they made an incredible amount of money. I mean, maybe no, more than characters, yes, but an inc- incredible, such a re- relative term. Well, yeah, he didn't really, he didn't give us any definition. But he's he's did. forwarding a mail from somebody else, so sure, sure. But and, you know, I do I do remember back when we did the uh, Disney afternoon uh, shows, which I thought were some of the better shows at at uh, Videopolis or the Fantasyland stage, whatever it was called at the time. And in between those shows, those guys are—I mean—they got paid for let's say three shows daily, right? And in between their downtime, they're paid for three shows, but they can't leave. So, you know, there are certain um, uh, work laws. I can't think of the, the right term for that. But um, 
you know, labor if, laws. If labor laws. If you're not allowed to leave, then you know there is some kind of compensation for staying there, or you know, if, if you can't free yeah. food or something. Yeah, because if you can't, if you if you're not allowed to leave your workplace to get food, they have to provide you food, and there's uh, all kinds of little weird things depending on what kind of classification you're in. But I've always found the entertainers to be in a in a really quasi weird one because, you know, they're doing performances. Well, what do you what do you do in between? Well, they have they have to have downtime. They hang around in their dressing rooms, backstage. And, you know, even, that's it. even even that can get kind of interesting because we were talking about okay the the unions I know you were talking about equity, but the unions I know of that are on property for entertainment. You got AGVA, you have AFTRA, and then every now and then we'll get SAG. For some reason, we we still get Screen Actors come in as well, but be, but different. Depending on which performer you are and under which contract are, you even have different green rooms. Uh, we would always, uh, when we were doing, I think it was the Hunchback show over in the uh, festival arena, when we had to go into the back area, we would head to the green room. Okay, which green room are we going to? Are we going to the, to the after green room or are we going to the regular green room? Because the after guys had an actual different setup on how they were supposed to be having. And, yeah, I think some of it was they had, like, uh, certain foods that were sitting back there in their room. I, but it was, I, it was, <laughs> that, re- that reminds me. So when we were in high school, we tried to hire a certain band to come play at one of our – we didn't have dances. We had banquets. And we had, you know, <laughs> name, ba- name bands of the day from the just, uh, Christian music world. And we talked back – foot loose. That was us. You have to go across town line to. Um, you know, Richard is so far off on that. I don't even want to justify. <laughs> it. Um, but anyways, we'd have you know big name bands for the, from the Christian music industry, and we contacted one of them to the point where you know, okay, what do we have to supply you? Well, they want green M and M's only, or. <laughs> You know, things like that. You've always heard about these jokes, right? Well, somebody's going to go pick all the red M&Ms out because they don't want red. Well, yeah, they wanted M&Ms and they wanted, let's say, saltine crackers. Because every guy in the band's got their own little, you know, thing or whatever. <laughs> I just found it funny because, okay, this shit's really true. <laughs> Musicians, no matter what kind of music they play, all have these little weird habits that we bend over to give them so they come play in and entertain us. Well, okay, you know, you know some of the reasoning for... Um the little details of like all green M&Ms taken out or no brown M&Ms or whatever, right? Uh, It's a method of determining if all the big details are covered as well. Like if a a big famous rock band, well, uh, Van Halen was famous for this, that buried in their contract writer for performance was the green room had to be stocked with a big fat jar of M&Ms with no brown ones in it. So that meant that when they got to the place, they walked into the green room, looked in the jar of M&Ms and saw no brown ones in it. They knew all the other things that they had asked for that were more important were already taken care of. Make sense? That um, actually does. And some parallel universe, yes. I, I Very parallel universe. It's, it's, it's known legend in rock and roll world that Van Halen well, had this thing in their contract. I'm not for a big it. Van Halen fan. But well, you don't have I to be, it, but you can be I, a fan of you know touring rock and roll entertainment. Sure. I guess it's not much different than, well, Richard can't, you know, relate to this, but you and I can. Basic training. You know, you your toothbrush must lie in your private drawer facing east or to the left. You know, your 
underwear has to be folded in six-inch squares. Yes, attention you know, to detail, yes. It's, it's, it's not that that's what you have to do once you get out of basic training, is if you can't follow these basic you know, rules or um, guidelines, how do I know that you can read the instructions that says turn that, you know, torque that nut to 500 foot-pounds so the wing doesn't fall off? Correct, you know, it's, yes. So, I, I, yes, I kind of understand it, and... Um, it's funny. It's, you said that. I just come up in the end of movie. You know the guy in um, in the office, the the um, the nerd uh, that's always thinks he's second in command. I can't. I can't I'm, the assistant to the manager. Yeah, um, <laughs> Dwight. 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 Yes. Dwight. Dwight. He was in a movie with Christina Applegate. Something. He's like a washed out rock and roll drummer, and he's going to be playing like with her son's band, and they got to open for the band that kicked him out 20 years ago. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> and it's one of these things ends up hit the band. They all pretended they had English accents. Well, when he was in the band, they're all from here, you know, and then they, a mic breaks down. They find out they've been lip syncing like for years and they're like boot off the stage and all that. It was, it was actually kind of funny, but you get into those things where the, you know, they're walking around really cool and you know, people are, Oh, did you get this? Did you get that kind of a thing? And I'm like, Oh, it's kind of like spinal tap in a way. Yeah. So, okay. Oh. Well, whatever. Yeah. Moving on. Did we kill this? Yes. I. I you know, we we we've we've answered Kirby's Mousebuster the best we can. Okay. And have we covered significant amount of time that uh, our sponsor can bike and turn around and get yeah. exercise in? Yes. Okay. That's we, very we, considerate of you. We wouldn't want Brad or uh, uh, Brian, Brian fat and lazy on our time. No. no. <laughs> on his own time, although, maybe, yeah. Although, it's right. is, isn't it getting kind of wintry up there now to where he's not going to be biking? I, don't know, I think the weather's been weird everywhere. I don't know. I really, you know, I was hoping that it would hold off a little bit because between semesters, I thought about driving up to Montana, maybe crossing the border and heading back. I don't know. Don't forget your uh, passport. I, I have Montana. my passports now. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of itching to want to use them. But then again, I still have to have a home and money and cars to do oh, that, You know, There's also Mexico just down the street. I have no interest in Mexico. <laughs> well, you could use your passport. Uh, yeah, I could. Six, I only want to go to Mexico. I got one reason to go to Mexico. Pyramids. And that's not right across the board. I, yeah, I would like to go to Teotihuacan. Um, Short of that, I can go to L.A. and see the best parts of Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can go to Mexico, go see, turn around and sit in the two and a half hour line to get back in the U.S. So, no thanks. All right then. Yeah. Well then. So, all right then. The, <laughs> <laughs> what, what we're talking about was it two, two weeks ago? Uh, speech ticks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That yeah, one. Yeah. That yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. I watch it. I haven't seen that for a while. That's kids have it permanently on the DVR. Oh, do they? I come home and they, well, they're in the middle of it. Oh, it's, a, it's a great kids and adult movie. I, I have to stop. I have to stop when they start doing the, the insult trading. Fart sniffer. <laughs> you play ball like a girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting excited. Star Trek comes out next week on DVR. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Regardless if I have money or not, I'm dragging my ass down to the store and going in debt to get that. Yeah, I will too. Okay, anything else? Uh, I can't think of anything right, unless good. someone is going to sponsor the show by giving us, uh, or not giving us, but um, providing us a copy of the new Mickey <laughs> Epic game Mickey so, when it comes out. <laughs> so we can play it on the Wii and record a show while doing it. 
Oh, that'll be fun. Or playing, cool. playing, not doing it, but playing the game. <laughs> Clarify your statement. Is that's that that's right. Saying? I don't. I don't want to have a you know, a BS call on me like you did, Richard. So. Okay then. Uh, why, don't, why don't we just kind of wrap it up right there? You know, everyone say good night, and then you know we're done. Good night. Good night. Get ready for an event with the joy of the holiday season and the magic of the most visited theme parks in the world. All brought to you by the organizers of DPN West Fest. The Disney Podcast Network is pleased to invite you to the DPN World Holiday, a gathering of Disney communities spanning all four Disney World theme parks. Come join us December 10th through 14th as we celebrate our shared love of Disney while surrounded by the sights and sounds of the holidays. In true DPN fashion, we'll descend on a different theme park each day. Have our picture made in front of that theme park's Christmas tree, gather for special meets hosted by DPN podcasters and forum members, and have a lot of laughs together. So make your plans to be part of DPN World Holiday, December 10th through the 14th at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. For more information and to find out how you can host your own meet, go to the DPN.com.